Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com. Hey, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. I I shared with you already, that's where we're going to be. Go down to verse 28. I want to preach this morning. I'm going to attempt this morning to uh, preach through two whole chapters of Matthew. We'll see how that works out. Um, But I believe God has given me a message and a direction today for this congregation. Let me read 28 again and 29 and 30. Uh, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And as I mentioned before, I I remember the easy button a few years ago, Staples, Staples? I think Staples put out the easy button. I need an easy button. I, I would love to have an easy button. The closest I ever get is vacation. Um, how many of you love vacation? Do you, how many of you like to sit on the beach in the sun? You're my people. I've done my best to raise my children well, but my youngest son, he hates the beach. I don't know what's wrong with him. I pray for him. All I can say is he got his jeans from his mom, but I can't even say that because she likes the beach too. He says, I don't, Dad, I don't like to sit out there and do nothing. I don't like to sit out there and perspire and sweat. and It's just gross. I don't want to do that. And then all the sands, I'm what is wrong with you? I like easy. I like light. We all do. We all look forward to that day when retirement comes. And theoretically, every day becomes vacation. And if you're retired, you can laugh with me because that's, theoretically, that's the way that goes until you get there. And then I find out from many that not so much. But I think sometimes when we read this passage and we see Jesus say, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, we focus too much on the easy and the light and we miss the yoke and the burden. And I want to stop this morning and I want to talk to you and I want to share with you and I want to preach for a moment that that here is the reality. Yes, his yoke is easy and yes, his burden is light. But as I said earlier, there's still a yoke and there's still a burden. And, and, And I want you to get this this morning. I want you to understand this. There is a purpose for a yoke. Anybody here grow up on a farm? Ruthie and I, when we were first married, we lived in literally in the middle of an Amish community and we would see them out with their horses um, and a yoke over two or three of their horses or four at a time sometimes plowing their fields. And a yoke serves a purpose, and, and we have a yoke upon us, and I'm going to share what that is here in a moment, but the yoke serves a purpose. For one, it keeps us pointed the right direction, and even though the Lord's yoke is easy, it's still there for a reason. It keeps us going the same direction, and it allows us to do that. We pull together as opposed to to a part. And I want you to understand this morning, yes, God's yoke is easy and his burden is light, but there is still a yoke and a purpose and there is a burden. Burdens have a purpose. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I appreciate this church. I appreciate you guys and your willingness to work together. I appreciate the lack of jealousy and pettiness 
that so many churches struggle with. And so let me just commend you. I, I, I appreciate your willingness to work with others and your willingness to allow me to be your pastor and say this is the direction that we're going. I appreciate your patience in the last year and a half in that COVID has caused us to, to, to really almost, it feels like sometimes to me as the pastor, just exist and sustain. I appreciate your patience, but I appreciate your willingness to say, Pastor, if that's the direction God's speaking to you to go, then let's go that way and let's do it together. I was standing out there this morning in worship, and, I, and I've thought this before, how blessed we are as a church. You know, Cheryl has been leading worship now. Cheryl, you'd have to tell me for how long, but a while, four, four years, four years, and, and yet we've got, we've got on the same worship team, we've got Ginger who led worship for Ginger. You'd have to tell me how many years, but it was, I think, in the decades, right? And yet willing to, to be a part of this team. And we've got Jeremiah who at one time for, he'd have to tell me how many years, led worship here as well, who's now in the sound booth running the sound. And all of them willing to work together and because a lot of times that wouldn't happen in a lot of churches there would be too much fighting strife jealousy I used to do it this way you ought to do it that way I'm better than you are but I won't say that to you so I'm just going to be subtle and y'all laugh but I'm telling you I've been a pastor long enough to know remember that comment I made earlier about stupid <laughs> is not just in the McDonald's parking lot. So thank you for not being that church. We pull the same direction. If you'll go with me this morning back up to Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, let me just begin to read and share with you this message God's dropped into my heart about the yoke easy and the burden light. We're told in chapter 10, and he called his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Now let me just, right there, let me just make this comment. He's addressing this to 12 disciples, but I want you to know I'm going to apply this to the church. And because the word of God matters, I want you to understand why I'm applying this to the church and not feel like, Pastor Barry, you're taking something out of context and you're always preaching about that. The reality is this is to the 12, but when you move into Acts, it expands to the church, right? You read through the book of Acts in the New Testament, and what he's calling the 12 to do, he calls you and me to do, okay? So I, I, I want you to see that. He called to him his 12 disciples, now the church, and gave them authority over unclean spirits. I like that. I like easy burden, easy yoke, or easy burden, light yoke. I like that. Authority over unclean spirits, to cast them out, to heal every disease. I like that. This is my kind of life. And every affliction, I like that. Anybody with me on this? I, I like that. This is sounding good so far. Jump down with me to verse 5. I'm not going to read all the names. These 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles, enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I want you to see this this morning. Remember I talked about the purpose of the yoke and the burden? There's the purpose of the yoke and the burden. Do you know why we exist as the people of God? Let, let me ask you a question. Why did God save you? Why are you one that has been chosen that you are saved? 
say, Pastor Barry, because I, I ask him to. I ask him to forgive me my sins. Okay, that's, that, that's a good answer. That's fair. But why did you choose to ask him and your brother or sister or neighbor or friend did not? Why, why is it that the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit that hits you and hits somebody else that you know you responded and they did not? Why? Why are you the one that is saved? Why are you the one that made the decision? Why are you the one that repented? Why? why? Have you ever thought that through? Why do some choose to follow Christ and some don't? And listen, I, this, this gets into a lot of crazy, not crazy, but deep theology, and I'm not going there this morning. I, I believe in free will, absolutely. We have free will to make a decision to follow Christ or not, but yet at the same time, it seems like there are those that no matter what the Lord does, they choose to walk away. Now listen, I would love to think that the reason that I made a decision for Christ, and maybe you feel this way, I, I'd probably not because when I put it this way, but do you really think you made a decision for Christ because you're smarter? Wiser? Better looking? See, I knew somebody would be in, in this, right? Why, 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 why do you think you made the decision? The only reason any of us makes a decision for the Lord is because the Lord draws us. It's all Him, right? And, and I can't answer the question. You can't answer the question. It's not possible to know the answer to the question why one says yes and one says no. But the reality is the Holy Spirit, God drew you. You said yes, and, 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 and it wasn't because of anything super spiritual within you. It's God. Why did he save you? Sometimes we think God saved us just to keep us from hell. Well, thank God he does keep us from hell. Thank God he did save us. But I want you to see this, this, this morning. He also saved you for a purpose. He put the yoke, the Lord's yoke, Jesus' yoke upon you for a purpose. And the purpose is to proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You understand what I'm saying this morning? Say, Pastor Perry, no, I'm not a preacher. No, you're not. Well, you may be. I don't know. You may be called to preach, but even if you're not a preacher, you're still called, you're yoked to proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. You proclaim it in the marketplace. You proclaim it in the office building. You proclaim it in the neighborhood. You proclaim it talking over the back fence to your neighbor. You proclaim it at the family reunions. You pro proclaim it in the gas station. You proclaim it on the, on the assembly line. You proclaim it driving the truck down the road. You proclaim it everywhere you go by the way you live your life and your freedom to talk about the goodness of God. See, God has given us a yoke, and that yoke is to proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. The gospel, it's to tell the world, it's to tell anybody that will listen, it's to tell even people that won't listen sometimes that there is a God, that he loves you, that he loves you so much that he's made a way for you to walk and live in right relationship with him. It's to proclaim the, to, the, to the world, to anybody that will listen, and those that won't listen sometimes, that he made a way through Jesus Christ. That's the yoke you carry. The yoke is easy. The burden is light. But it's still a yoke, and it's still a burden. He says, proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. I like this stuff. You received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff. In other words, God will provide, and I could preach there for a while, but I won't. For the laborer deserves his food, I could preach there for a while, but I won't. God will provide. And most of the time, God provides through the people of God. 
Whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it, and if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave the house or town. And all of a sudden, what started out as light and easy and toes in the sand, sitting on the beach, this is all going good. We're going to cast out demons. We're going to heal the sick. God is going to pour out blessing. All of a sudden, we realize that there are going to be those that are going to reject what we have to say. And you get this first little inkling that, oh, wow, this might be a little harder than I expected. Might have just got myself into a little more than I thought I was getting myself into. Verse 16. Jesus confirms it. Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. That doesn't sound like vacation. Be wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. Beware of men. That doesn't sound like vacation. What happened to easy Jesus and and light? Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speaks, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death and father his child and children will rise against parents and have them put to death and you will be hated by by all for my name's sake but the one who endures till the end will be saved. Does that sound like light and easy to anybody in this room? That's rough. But it's in there. The one who endures to the end will be saved. Let me just tell you from from the word of God and from history, we see it in Paul's life. There were times where God would step in and the salvation that would come when when the flogging and the prison and the abuse and and, and the stuff was going on, God would step in, did step in, and miraculously he was saved in the here and now and the present in, in this world. But we also know from the word of God and from history that there were also times where martyrdom was what followed and they ended up giving their lives for the gospel and their salvation happened not in this life but in eternity. He that endures to the end will be saved. And I want you to see this. This is not a call to martyrdom. Some people almost take the idea of martyrdom and raise it to to a a, a status of it's something that we ought to pursue. I'm not into pain. I'm not really into, yeah, I'm just not. My idea of stepping into heaven is go to bed, right? Nine o'clock, that's my bedtime. On a Saturday evening, with my belly full of ice cream, and wake up in heaven. No pain. I'm all in for this. Some people want to elevate martyrdom to to the point of it's almost something to pursue. Let me just point this out to you. There are those times when we have no choice but to stand firmly and and risk martyrdom. There, There are those times when we're pushed and we have no choice but to say, no, this is right, this is truth, this is where I'm going to stand, I'm not going to move from here, and if it costs me my job, 
if it costs me my family, if it costs me my home, if it costs me my life, then so be it because this is right and this is where my feet are planted and this is, this is, this is where I'm going to stand. And, and th- there's, there's times where that's the reality. But there's also times where we would be wiser to live out verse 23 when, 23 when they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. Right? Sometimes Christians have this tendency to open the oven and shove their hand in, thinking it makes them spiritual. It doesn't. Do you know what opening an oven an oven that's lit and shoving your hand in makes you? We're back to stupid again. I, that wasn't the theme of today, but right? And sometimes we need to remember that we're called to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And sometimes wise as serpents means don't put yourself into a situation you don't have to put yourself into unless they ask. Sometimes. And I can't tell you which circumstance your life is going to take you into. That's where the Holy Spirit has to come in. We don't compromise. We don't surrender. We don't back up. We, 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 don't, we, we, just, we, we don't. We stand up on the gospel. We stand up on righteousness. But let's not stick our head in an open oven just because. Sometimes when they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. And then he says these words in verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master. It's enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? They call Jesus evil. Don't be surprised when they call you evil. You know, in the early first century, Christianity began to take hold and move into the Gentile world. We were called atheists. Did you know that? Christians were considered atheists by the Roman world because we only believed in one God, which meant we did not believe in the emperor as God. We didn't believe in Athena or Jupiter or any of the other myriad of gods that were out there. And because we only believed in Yahweh, Jesus, we believed in one God, they labeled us evil atheists. Did you know that? In the early first century, Christians were labeled immoral because they didn't practice prostitution. Did you know that? Say, Pastor Barry, come on, seriously? No, seriously. Now, not in all circumstances, but around the temples of the Roman goddess, gods and goddesses, prostitution was a part of worship. And it was lucrative. It's called the oldest profession for a reason. It's lucrative. And because Christians, when they accepted Christ and began to follow the teachings of Paul and Peter and James and John and, 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 and the, the old Jewish uh, law in a sense of the morality issues, they would no longer participate in those things and we were considered evil, immoral, because we didn't help support the temples of those other gods through prostitution. They called them evil. Don't be surprised. They called Jesus evil. They, 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 they accused him of the things he was doing as being demonic. Don't be surprised if the day doesn't come where we face those kind of criticisms. I read a news article 
It's been two or three weeks ago now. And the state of California it has legislation before its state house, I believe it was, to make prostitution legal in the state because the argument of the bill is that prostitution is discriminatory or, or that arresting prostitutes is discriminatory because many prostitutes are women of color. Therefore, to arrest them or the men that go to them, even more so, is discriminatory. And it looks like there's a good chance it will pass. And the pushback they're getting on it is, no, many times these women may be women of color, but they're also not there of their own free will. They're there, and, and what you're doing is opening the door for sex slavery and, and, and continued abuse, and it makes sense. But I'm looking at that, I'm thinking we call good evil and evil good. I listened to our congresswoman, AOC, you guys familiar with her, make an argument, I saw it this week, I think, I don't know how long ago it was, re recently, because she was upset with the Texas abortion law, that once there's a heartbeat, the baby has a heartbeat, will not allow a woman to take the life of the unborn baby. She made the argument that this is no longer a woman's rights issue because, and, and this is, for some of you, forgive me, I'll just say this, not conversation traditionally for polite company, but this is what she said, so I'm just going to, I'll talk about it. She said, not only do women have their monthly cycles, we'll put it that way, she was a little bit more descriptive, she said men have monthly cycles. Her inference being that not only can women have babies, Joe, but men have babies. And I got a puzzled look on my face. I remember eighth grade health class. And I don't remember that. And I know that's been a lot of years ago, but I didn't think things had changed that much. And I listened to the argument, and I actually ended up listening to a left-wing uh, commentator talk about it, and I finally understood what she was trying to say, that a woman who has trans, become transgender and become a man may not have physically had that change take place, therefore she's now a man, and that man can have a monthly cycle and have a baby. Therefore, we need to not make abortion illegal. So I kept up with that one, more or less. And then she said, and not only that, we have two spirit people. This is what she said. There's two spirit people in this world, and not only can men and women have monthly cycles, but two spirit people can have monthly cycles. And this is a congresswoman in our nation that our, 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 our I think, California? I think she's from California. Okay, that would have been my second choice. Maybe, New York. I knew it was one of the two. Don't be surprised when the day comes that if you put your feet on the ground and say there's male and female, and taking the life of an innocent is, baby is, is not a good answer, don't be surprised if the day comes where you're labeled as evil.
They called Jesus evil. They persecuted him. They spit on him. They flogged him. They beat him. Folks, listen to me. They hung him on a cross. Don't be surprised if the day comes where what, what is so clearly to us good becomes evil because we're, we're there. We're there. Jesus tells us how to respond to that. Verse 26. He says, so have no fear. Now remember, yoke is easy, burden is light. Despite everything I'm preaching. So have no fear for them, fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. The truth will, always, the truth will come out. Now, now listen to me. When you make a decision and say, I'm going to stand up on the word of God, and I'm going to stand up on righteousness, and I'm going to stand up on holiness, and I'm going to say this is the way God says we're to live our lives, this is what integrity looks like, this is what character looks like, this is what honesty looks like, this is what marriage looks like, this is what healthy sexual relationships look like. When we stand upon the word of God and upon righteousness, there will be those that will spin it, and they will twist it, and they will turn it, and they will mock it, and they will make fun of it, but truth will always come out. Now, many times truth will ultimately come out in this world, in this life, in the present time, but ultimately, even if it doesn't come out now, it will come out in eternity because there will be a judgment day and there will be a moment and there will be a time. And we as the people of God have got to remember this, that our life is not just what we have here now that, that, where we breathe and, and, and live in the moment, but it's eternal. And there will come a judgment day where truth will come out. But even aside from that, it's, it don't, it, life, culture is like a, a, a pendulum and, and, and people get these far out crazy ideas and it goes on for a generation or two till people begin to see the consequences and the repercussions of it. And then the pendulum starts to swing back the other way and we get back to something called truth until it swings too far. This, I'll give you an example. It's only been a year or a year and a half ago where we had a significant portion of this nation absolutely convinced that the best thing that could happen for this nation morally was to defund the police. You all remember this? Made sense in their world and and it was truth and let's get the police off the streets and let's put social workers on the streets and let them deal with all of the issues and it'll be so much better and so so much more moral and here we are so the pendulum swung and here we are a year later and all of a sudden Chicago and Portland and our major cities are beginning to realize wow if you don't support the police They'll retire and find other careers and nobody will come out and be a police officer and they're not going to respond with the zeal that they used to respond and crime will increase and murders will happen and the communities won't elect us anymore and maybe we better swing that pendulum back and truth will come out. Jesus just says, Nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. And we as the people of God have to stand on truth. Even when people make it come out to be a lie. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetop. And do not fear for those who kill the body but cannot kill a soul. Rather fear him who can destroy 
both soul and body. And we've got to remember this church. If Listen to me. If all we had to live for was Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 25, boy, it'd be easy to get discouraged. There is eternity. It's still a real thing. It's still our hope. Right? It's still our promise. It's still our goal. It's still our highest calling. Not just for ourselves, but the reason we proclaim the kingdom of God is because it's true for all people. There's still eternity. And we've been blessed in America in the here and now. And I pray that continues and we see America change course. But even if it doesn't, especially if it doesn't, we had better remember and put our eyes upon eternity, not tomorrow. Right? Do not fear those who kill the body, but not, cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. He says in verse 31, fear not. And then he says in verse 32, so everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father. Let me bring this to a close this morning. We made it through one chapter. Once you come to the realization that how this life and how this world is going to end, once you come to the realization that there is eternity, really there's only one question left. Who are you going to stand with? Who are you going to stand with? Are you going to stand with Jesus with his yoke on your shoulders, the burden that he gives us to proclaim the kingdom of God, or are you going to stand with culture? Are you going to stand with Hollywood? In many instances, are you going to stand with your family who make a different choice? Who are you going to stand with? Jesus put it this way, don't think I've come to bring peace to the earth. I've not come to bring peace but a sword. For I've come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. And that's sad. That's sad. When our kids step into the public school system, and listen to me, every public school teacher isn't bad or evil or teaching bad things. Jessica, you're not all bad. She teaches, thank God, she teaches in our public schools. Every school system isn't evil, every, and some people paint it that way, and that's not right. But there is an agenda. And when kids who are this big are being taught about two-spirit people and hundred different genders and equity becomes all of the social issues of the day don't be surprised when they come home and look at you mom and dad how, how many of you know that somewhere around nine or ten well, probably eleven or twelve you become really stupid back to stupid again 
How many of you know that? In your kids' eyes, that's kind of, at least that's my experience. Usually around 11 or 12, and by the time they get to be about 26 or 27, you become pretty smart, and the older they get, the smarter you become. So for those of you that have little ones that are just getting to that place, there's hope. I promise you it does get better. But don't be surprised when they come home and they look at you, and they may not say it, or they may say it, depending on their personality. What's wrong with you, Mom? Why can't you see this? And you're going to have to decide, am I going to put my feet on the ground and stand for Jesus and the word of God? Or am I going to let the influence of the school or Hollywood or social media, and there's plenty of influences out there that have impacted my kids, impact me? And you read it. Man against his father, daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And I'll end with this. If I had gotten into chapter 11, talks about John the Baptist, and John the Baptist had some questions. He's sitting in prison, not having a good time. Not on a beach, he's in a prison. And he sent his disciples to Jesus and said, Jesus, are you the one? Because he was running into the same thing that some of you are. Yoke is easy, burden is light, going to be flogged, mocked, called evil, put at odds with my family. Lord, how do those two things go together again? And John sent his disciples to Jesus to ask him, Jesus, how do those things work? You said my yoke is easy and my burden is light and I'm sitting in prison? How, how does that work? And Jesus said, go tell John, sick or healed, demons are cast out, the poor have the gospel preached to them, lives are being changed. This is basically what he said. Following Jesus isn't easy. Sometimes it's not. It's hard. It costs you something. But compare it to sin. How many of you know some good sinners? I mean, deep into sin. How many of you have known them for enough years to see the train wreck that becomes their life? tell you the heaviness of sin. Sin will cost you your marriage. Sin will cost you your health. Sin will cost you your kids, your wealth, your joy, your peace, your happiness. Sin will steal your soul and your eternity. Jesus says, my burden, my yoke is light, my burden is easy. He's not telling you you're not going to carry weight. He's telling you that compared to sin, it's easy and it's light. Make that choice. You're going to pay a price for choosing to be a follower of Christ. But it's still the best choice. It's still the better choice. Peter said it one day, I think it was Peter, Jesus asked him, said, are you, are you going to leave me too? 
and say, where else am I going to go? Following Christ is hard, and it's going to get harder. Where else are you going to go? Are you going to become a Muslim? Buddhist? Humanist? Will you stand with me this morning? Give me just a moment. I, I know we're running a few minutes over. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? I want to pray for you. If you're in this room this morning and you say, Pastor Barry, I, uh, yeah, I'm struggling. I'm off track. I'm off path. I, I've, I've not, uh, I've not been following as close to Jesus as I should. I, I've just not and I know it's hard but I want to get back on track this morning right now if that's anybody in this room would you put your hand up and hold it there for just a moment I'll, I want to pray with you right where you're at yeah, I, I see your hand will you allow me to pray Father I pray right now for each individual in this room every hand that's raised God I pray touch their hearts pray, Lord God, that you would speak to them and draw them to a place of repentance, a place of saying, Jesus, forgive me. Help me to walk with you and live for you. I pray this morning, Lord, let this be a moment in their life they remember. And I pray this morning over the entirety of this church, and, and, and including me as pastor. God, I pray for strength. I pray for boldness, and I pray for wisdom. Pray, God, that you help us to be the people you've called us to be, to proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand no matter the cost. To proclaim righteousness no matter the cost. To carry your yoke and carry your burden and pull the same direction and preach this gospel no matter the cost. I pray, God, you give us boldness and strength beyond our own abilities. Help us to stand upon righteousness when the world around us is crashing and falling apart and pointing fingers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.